Definitely set a mind, Dennis. And I'm Bonnie. And I'm Laura. Yes, we have our uh, second guest. Yes, this um, is my daughter, your niece. My niece, yes. Lindsay's sister. Who's mm-hmm. Lindsay? Yeah, Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay was our guest in the Birdman podcast. Birdman. Yeah. So Laura and now. Laura, more famously, is one of the Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did not say Mean Girls for that. I wasn't talking about Laura and Adam. It's particularly funny, I think, that uh, that we now call them the Mean Girls because of all the pairings in our family, like. Laura and Adam would be the least likely to be the mean girls. Unlikely like, mean girls. Right. I could see yeah, I me and Lindsay, any combination mm. of me, Lindsay, and Juliana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindsay and Juliana, <laughs> they're wonderful. Yes. But, <laughs> we, yes. that's, that's probably where you'd see it. All right, so we are counting down the winners of the Best Picture Oscar from worst to best. Theoretically. Theoretically, based on our ranking. So what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Nomadland. Yes. From 2020. 2020. Yeah. you remember 2020? Yeah, that was a year, man. <laughs> that was a crazy year. <laughs> yeah. 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 You had a baby in 2020. I did, yeah. <laughs> 2020 was uh, an exciting year for me. <laughs> <laughs> Plus being a doctor. Yeah, doctor, baby... Um, another deployment. Another deployment. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, really bizarre year. Um, thanks to Tom Hanks. <laughs> it was his fault. Yeah, because he and his wife got COVID in March, and then everything shut down. Yes, right that's after. true. Right, because if it can happen to Tom Hanks, yeah, that puts it can happen to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, so, that, I mean, this is kind of the big news. I mean, it was a huge news year. This is also an election year. And George oh, Floyd yeah. protests and it's really... Olympics being canceled. Really, uh, Olympics being canceled. Uh, probably a dozen celebrities were canceled. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, I think the pandemic obviously had the most effect on the Oscars because this is the only year that actually is... More than a calendar year because they ended up extending the eligibility period through the end of February 2021. Oh, okay. And they changed the rules so that it, movies don't have to play in a theater to be eligible. So okay. streaming movies could. Did Did Nomadland play in the theaters? Yes. Okay. Yeah, not in the theaters in California were closed for a very very long time so i actually took a trip to uh nevada yes <laughs> to see a bunch of movies so uh this was actually kind of it's kind of a fitting movie to see if you're a long drive through the desert yeah mm. on a road trip yeah uh, to nevada but, yeah because part of it was in nevada wasn't it yeah it starts in nevada her yeah. empire nevada well, yeah we'll get to all of that uh, so you had never heard of Nomadland? No. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a good chance that you won't have heard of any of the nominees. It's just a oh, very, okay. it's just an oddball year. Did they do the Oscars? So it was 2021, March of 2021. They did them in person. Uh, yeah, I think it was probably an 
April, because the eligibility ended, it was later that okay. year. Yeah, because then um, they would have had the nominations come out in March, so yeah, I think it was in April. And that yeah, was an in in-person Oscars? I thought was that was... person oh, yeah. They, they didn't have... do a virtual Oscar year? No, okay. no, they didn't. What'd they, they do for the... Spring of 2020. For, yeah, for the spring of 2020, they were actually fortunate because they held it in February that year. Oh. Not knowing... Before Tom Hanks. Just, before um, Tom Hanks. Before Tom Hanks. That Shut it was, down. Yeah. He probably so. spread it to everybody at the office. <laughs> well, no, he caught it later. Oh. I think only one person in America or something had it by that time. But it was... Um, that we knew of. Like, a couple of years before, they decided to move them earlier in the year. So uh-huh. that was... Yeah. Fortunate because it was, uh, you know, 2020, they had plenty of time to deal with. But, like, what if, um, like, they had the nominations announced and then, like, the lockdowns? What do you do? I don't like, know. Especially if they hadn't done the final voting yet. Like, I don't know. But it didn't affect uh, Parasite's 1919 okay. win. 2019 win. <laughs> okay. So there were eight nominees okay. this year. Uh, the father was a movie with Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman about a, a father and daughter where a father is suffering from Alzheimer's. Very heavy movie. It's really interesting the way they do it because it kind of uh, does certain tricks to put you in his mind. Like the set changes slightly between different scenes and like you know suddenly the so you get kind of disoriented like is this like the real apartment and then like there's a scene where a different actress plays Olivia Coleman's part so it's like the daughter comes in and you don't recognize her so really a fascinating movie I think you would like it yeah uh, yeah you like Anthony Hopkins I do like Anthony Hopkins yeah yeah he's great and Olivia Coleman is great the queen Yes, she is the queen. Mm-hmm. Or she was the queen. Mm-hmm. She's been replaced. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah, have you ever heard of that? Nope. Yeah. That is about Fred Hampton, the Black Panther leader, who was killed by the FBI in a, a raid standoff. Wow. So the, what the movie's about is they recruit, uh, before obviously the raid, the FBI recruits a young black man uh, to be a mole. Oh. And so it's kind of about that relationship where he's like, he's Stanfield plays, he's the Judas. Uh-huh. And then, you know, Kaluuya plays the um, Fred Hampton. And okay. it's kind of about that double agent yeah. story. Mm, sounds interesting. And, yeah, it's really good. I like mm. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Mink. Ever heard of that? No, it's a no Netflix way. movie. It's it's a movie that would seem to be right up my alley. It's about Herman Mankiewicz, who was the screenwriter or the co-screenwriter for Citizen Kane, and it's kind of about his like told through his collaboration with Orson Welles. Kind of flashes back to his um, acquaintance with William Randolph Hearst and the Hollywood of the thirties. Directed by David Fincher, who's great. I mean, he's, he was the director of uh, the Social Network, which we talked about. Twenty ten. Uh, 
2010, yes. Uh, I don't know. The, the movie just didn't connect with me the way I, I was really excited about it. Uh-huh. And in fact, when it was released on Netflix, the Netflix series it was released on Netflix the day I was leaving for a trip. I think this was, yeah, I went to Colorado. And so I was yeah, leaving that day. So I didn't want to wait till after my trip. So I went like the Netflix starts at midnight, so I like woke up at three in the morning. So <laughs> our trip, uh, but it's all right. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate because all those ingredients sound so it good. Should be. I, I love the, Gary yeah. Oldman. And oh yeah, that era. Yeah, so, yeah. Gary Oldman. Oldman. What do we know him in? Oh, uh, he's... Harry Potter. You know him from? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, he's serious in Harry Potter. Oh, uh, also Batman. He was in. Yeah. Yeah, he played Winston Churchill in uh, The Darkest Hour. Uh, Minari is a movie about a South Korean immigrant family. Uh, Three generations come over to Arkansas in the 1980s, and they try to start a farm. Really lovely movie. Yeah, it was Uh nominated. Uh, Promising Young Woman. You heard of that? That's kind of a um, Me Too thriller. Okay. Where, <laughs> um, it's directed by Emerald Fennell, who is, I think this is her first writing directing job. She's an actress that you would know from The Crown, actually. She played Camilla Parker, the younger version, okay. during the Olivia Coleman cycle. Okay, yeah. Um, but she's not in the movie. She just wrote and directed it. Okay. Uh, Carrie Mulligan plays the lead character. And she goes on a avenging mission to against bad men or sexual. Like, the, the, the first scene is uh, when we meet the character. She's, like, going to a bar and pretending to be really fall down drunk uh-huh. so that when... A uh, guy tries to take advantage of him. She, she uh, becomes he becomes her prey, and so she kind of it's just a pretty good. It sounds pretty fun. <laughs> it is. It's it's um, you know it's the, in terms of social commentary, it kind of hits the broad side of the barn. But it's it's a really entertaining movie. All the all the men are real jerks, but you know that's just. Uh, uh-huh. uh, what if they have it coming? Yep. <laughs> uh, Sound of Metal. No, I haven't heard of yeah. any of these. No. Uh, this is a great movie. You would hate it though, because it's about deaf people. <laughs> 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 or you might start to like it, but then once the mean girls start picking it uh, I was oh, just teasing I her have from heard of the... this. I've heard people compare. You know who loves this is Gabby. Oh, okay, your friend Gabby Licky yeah. told me that she loved this. This one. is a great movie. Uh, he, Riz Ahmed plays a uh, metal, a heavy metal oh, um, okay. musician who um, develops tinnitus. Mm. You know what that is. Yes. <laughs> Which uh, <laughs> becomes, it keeps getting worse, and then he's going deaf, but has to kind 
I did what loving. Is tinnitus like the ringing of the ears? Yeah, ringing of the ears. So like Beethoven. Except I think he just went deaf. It wasn't... Beethoven went deaf? Yeah. Yeah, he definitely went deaf. Yeah. He wasn't normal, though. (laughs) (laughs) The middle of his day. Uh, And then finally, we have the trial of the Chicago 7. I saw this. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Good dialogue. uh, Yeah, he always has good dialogue. It's just about the trial of the uh, war protesters in the during Vietnam era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all right. So a heavy, heavy field besides promising Heavy field, women. right, yeah. Um, I mean, that's pretty heavy in its own way. Yeah, but actually a pretty, pretty solid list considering the limitations of the this year. Yeah, that's true. So, this brings us to Nomadland. To Nomadland. So what is Nomadland about? Do you want to do that? <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you last night I got off from a very, oh, very long day at a gritty job. Yeah. <laughs> and I came home and I got ambushed and ambushed. mom and dad sequestered all the snacks in the movie room. So I got snared into watching this, which yes. is... Just like basically one long montage of yeah. silhouetted walking and close up <laughs> wrinkly people. So I think that's my <laughs> my sum up of what Nomad Land is about. The With mean some, girls uh, potty were... shots. Yeah, <laughs> don't the forget mean those. Girls were in high gear. Last time. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I'm like, I really kind of wanted just subtitles on there so I could <laughs> could hear what they were doing because of their their witty banter. Mm. <laughs> the witty banter of the Mean Girls did, did not care for this movie. But no, no, this is not my favorite. Um, yeah. I don't know that it's my least favorite of all time, but it's it's on my list. So really? how did you how did you think it compared to Coda? Well, I didn't watch Coda. I just made fun of it <laughs> based on what I heard from you guys. Just made fun of the premise, basically. Um but it sounded like Coda was a lot more entertaining because this was oh, like definitely. negatively yeah. entertaining. Yeah. yeah. So I would say my synopsis of Nomadland was it's about a, a widow who they were in their town that they were in, the factory where everybody worked closed down and then mm-hmm. it kind of economically destroyed the area. So she's living out of her van now and and taking jobs um seasonal jobs so she's working for amazon she's working for all these places and she kind of falls in with the van people yeah it would have been interesting to also get because i was watching it and i was like oh this is going to be like a a movie about Lindsay who lived in her van for okay (laughs) a while i could i could see Lindsay doing that but yeah, but it was gritty, and it is yeah. true. Laura's right now her rotation. What you see? That's yeah. They do a you get you get all the downtown. Yeah, grittiness. it's the you know trauma hospital, so we get all comers with bad trauma. So yeah, so every character she, like I see a stream of you know these kind of people every day, <laughs> every morning. So 
It's not as exciting. Yeah, I wonder what they do for insurance. Yeah. What do they do for insurance? Oh, it's not my field. <laughs> they, they figure it out. Someone yeah. else, this is social work, does yeah. use that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just putting them back together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what did you think of it? Well, I did not hate it as much as they did. <laughs> because we were like five minutes in. And <laughs> Lauren, just, we did not so ambush her. But <laughs> I felt she, ambushed. She <laughs> willingly... <laughs> All the snacks were in there. <laughs> uh, they were good snacks. They too. were good snacks. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I mean, interesting social commentary about right. people yeah. on the margins. So I, I like that. I mean, it's always I don't I don't mind seeing that. But it's it really there's not a whole lot that happens in it. Right. So it, it's. You know, it's not like I didn't finish it, and I wasn't like, "Oh, that's fun! I'm gonna watch it." <laughs> so, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hate it like they hated it, but yeah, well, I can see where you're coming from because it's very much a mood piece, yeah, and it's a style that's very, it can be very alienating. It was a lot from like the Italian neorealism. but which uses non-professional actors like this and deals with people kind of on the margins they're usually more plot heavy than this has kind of a Terrence Malick section where uh, theme that's what um, I was thinking Terrence Malick theme yeah I don't yeah know. I don't I don't know that there's <laughs> no idea, what the yeah. name is for, yeah he's he directs Days of Heaven Badlands uh, it's really movies kind of similar to this that it's just kind of about the images washing over you and setting the mood and it's a it's a style that's really kind of a acquired taste. Okay. The Malik movies that I saw first growing up, I was like, I really hate this, and I don't see how anybody could like this stuff. And <laughs> people who say they like it are just stuck up, and they're just trying <laughs> to pretend to be better than it. And then as I watch more, I'm like, okay, I can appreciate this. It's not my cup of tea, but. And then, like, the more I see it, like, I kind of start to love it. Okay. You know, you just have to, because one of the things is it's not, we're used to stories that are structured around decision points. Like, mm-hmm. early on, Fern, the main character, like, she was working with Linda May at Amazon, and Linda May says, hey, you should come to our trailer park, mm-hmm. and she says no. And then eventually she goes. And like a normal movie would even have that decision point would be kind of a focal point and what what's her motivation for making that decision. And so it kind of trains the audience to think, okay, where is this going and what needs to happen with the characters? And this, it's, it's really frustrating to let go of that. But it's really kind of just about assembling this portrait of of these people through kind of a tone piece or through the emotional storytelling. So that's an so, Italian uh, genre? Um, I think it comes from the Italian neorealist movement. movement. So like Bicycle Thieves, um, the, uh, Roma, not the recent Roma, but the 
Roma from the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it started in Italy and then became influential. So, yeah, I really love the movie, actually. Oh, and no. I really enjoyed going back and seeing it. I, I definitely see where you're coming from. It's, I think... I think 10 years ago, I probably would have hated the movie. And five years ago, I probably would have appreciated it, but not loved it. And now I'm just kind of, it's like I, it's, it's, the style doesn't frustrate me anymore. It's just such a, I really loved this portrait of these people on the margins, but it's not about them as victims, but about them finding dignity in their circumstances. And I just really like how uh, Chloe Zhao, the director, kind of puts it together. Yeah, I mean that's just kind of a summary of my of my thoughts uh-huh. on it. I mean, I but, can uh, concede that right. the movie like worked very hard to set this tone, just like you're saying, yeah. you know, showing what this is like, and but. And so it just set this drab, depressing tone. So it did what it set out to do. It's just right. not something that I no, I, no, I, I, I totally, I totally I'm certainly after a long time. <laughs> um, it's probably not a cup of tea. Yeah, there's. Um, but yeah, so I definitely see where you're coming from. It's certainly a movie that you're kind of better off seeing on a road trip through the desert. <laughs> Especially in a week that you probably put in over the course of those five days, like what a hundred, really ninety hours, maybe five days, <laughs> give or yeah. take. So you, so you had, um, I think it was more than ninety hours that you worked, but of gritty, yeah, mm. and then an extra two. <laughs> ninety-two, we're gonna call. It. Yeah. Uh, what, what about uh, the? Uh, let's talk about yeah. the. Uh, the guru guy. The cult leader. The cult leader. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought when he showed up, he, so the, we're talking about the uh, the leader of the van group. Yes. I thought we were finally going to get some plot action right, when he yeah. showed up and he was going to like try to take over the world with his van people or oh. like do some kind well, of dashboard. He's a cult real thing. guy. Oh. So basically, the, what do you mean he's non professional actors? So oh, really? Francis McDormand and David Strathairn are mm-hmm. actors. Right. Everyone else in the movie is playing themselves. Really? So what happens is it's I based on a nonfiction oh. book about the nomads and the people living out there. Uh-huh. And so in the research for the movie, they went out and talked to these people and they just ended up kind of being in the movie and playing themselves. Wow. So like Swanky's a real person. I don't believe she actually has cancer. But yeah, but like she was there at some of the press screenings, and like when they go to the Amazon uh-huh. warehouse, those are like actual employees, really? and they just so a lot of it there's there's a script, but like most of the dialogue and everything is implement is um, improvised. Mm. So I think that gives it a lot of the local flavor, and I think that's a lot of what I. Okay, the realism. Appreciated about it. No wonder it, like, it reminded these... you of work. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. these people yeah. are always showing up and, yeah. Because you get, like, those little touches, like, with the those little gloves. I'll give it a little puff and then you can yeah. put it on. And I was like, 
Oh, I've always struggled putting those things up. Like <laughs> yeah. But like I said, when they work to there, put on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, give it a little puff. And, um, uh-huh. So like I used to actual Taurus, I think that was, I didn't really look it up extensively, but I think like even the, act, the person who played Frances McDormand's sister, I don't know if that was actually her sister or because I don't know how you get a non-professional that's just like, not yeah. in the thing, but um, living out. The David Strathairn son is actually in it. That's oh, his, that's his, his actual son? son, the actor's son. Oh, uh, David wow. Strathairn plays uh, Dave, who's a friend of Fern's. So a, probably, a, I don't know if you consider it a love interest because there's really not a narrative. I mean, they don't. but you could see he, he likes her. I yeah. kept saying like the spark. There was yeah. a definite spark. <laughs> There's the definitely a spark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, David Strathairn is a that's a his son. Wow, character actor who's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, you probably know him best from League of Their Own. Uh, oh, yeah, he's the guy who is like running the league or like yeah. promoting it. You know? Yeah, yeah. So some of the moments that really stuck out to me were I really like how Zhao uses the images to advance the mood, even though it's not a narrative. So like when she's first in her van, it starts at Christmas time. So it's very wintry and the the skies are always covered in clouds. And then you get this moment where She's at a service station and someone comes out to the van and you start thinking, oh, this is the evil businessman or person that's going to tell her to leave. But it's really, she's just concerned about her because of the cold. Right. And she's fine. And so it's kind of a sweet moment. And then from there is when she goes to the camp in Arizona, kind Mm -hmm. of skips over that decision point. But that's when we first get the piano score first comes in, which is a formal element that's not naturalistic. And so that kind of marks a changing tone. And then from that point, you get the clear skies and the sun and the, the little beauty of the, the place, because that kind of marks the next act where she's getting into the nomad land or the nomad lifestyle. And well, that I didn't notice out. any of that. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> yeah. Although, now well, that I mean, you I watched it, it twice. And, I actually yeah. found the parts where they had the, the formal piano music yeah. kind of jarring because everything else is, you know, just right. dialogue or, you know, very naturalistic. So those parts kind of annoyed me okay, more than yeah. I was already baseline. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because it was like, oh, okay, like now we're doing this montage or, you know, like every time they had yeah. the piano music, right. it was like walking or like the van. Well, then the, really the entire movie is She was on montage. fire last night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really the whole movie is, is, I mean, it's not technically a montage, but it has that feel of yeah. it. Yeah, feel, all, yeah, exactly. Just, um, you just have to kind of let go. Well, you don't have to because you don't have to like this movie. It's, yeah, optional. <laughs> Art is subjective, but to enjoy it, you really just let go of the narrative, yeah. and then because it's all just it's assembled from, you know, I think every moment kind of contributes to the mood 
even if it doesn't contribute to the narrative. And you have these vignettes that are all kind of in media rest, which is like you, you get the scene like you're starting in the middle of something, of some action. Right. right? It's, it's sort of like the... non-drama reality TV. Or yeah, non, well, it's very different not, from what actually non, comes in. Yeah, It's like non-gossipy reality TV. Because it's, it's yeah. sort of like you just get a glimpse into what their lives are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like. I appreciated how this... Well, yeah, I think I said earlier it's, it's more about their their dignity. I mean, you yeah. certainly have the social commentary in terms of, like, the lack of a safety net, but it's not, like, an angry movie about right. here are things that our society has to change, but just about these people kind of finding... So I appreciate that it's... You see the beauty of the lifestyle, but you also have... Because I think, like, my first time, I was like, okay, why do we have to watch her pee and all this stuff? <laughs> and it's like... You know, that's the movie can't glamorize it like, okay, isn't this not yeah. it's so fun to be poor and like, right, right. you know, comfort the the you know white liberals watching the movie. But really it does give you a sense of how hard the life is and it's just not like appealing, but you can see where what people get from, from yeah. it. So beautiful. But do you, it's, so Adam's, one of the other part of the Mean Girls, <laughs> was yeah, I would not that think it, Adam would like this And it seemed uh, really kind of an idealistic portrayal of them, just from his experience well, working near Slab City in, you know, in, in the outskirts of California, mm-hmm. Southern California, which is this, it's these kind of people, but... There, these were all like decent people. Nobody was going to hurt anybody else. They weren't all like, yeah. there weren't criminals amongst them. Yeah, there and, was, like, the, and nobody was on drugs. There was drug drugs, no assault, no stealing. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is, seems like maybe that's a, a idealistic portrayal. I mean, this was these were all like really didn't have any of those issues. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's a valid that's a valid critique. The movie was did come in for some criticism on that front. So I mean I didn't really get a sense of glamorizing the life more so than just showing the beauty that people find in it. Yeah. Because it was there was a lot that was like it didn't look appealing to me. I was like I don't want to live in that man. <laughs> but yeah, that's and and it did get a lot of criticism for not showing the conditions of Amazon warehouses and people are overworked and Mm -hmm. underpaid and some of those issues um, that that pulled back because in order to get permission to film in Amazon uh, but I you know I don't think that it's it's not a protest movie so I don't know that it needs to be about you you know there's a good movie to make about the, uh-huh. you know, especially Amazon's been unionizing right. and maybe tell their stories, but it's just a different movie. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a fair point from Adam that I'm sure there are some drugs and sexual assaults and all, all, all sorts of ugly stuff that goes on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of goes with the territory of using the real 
people out right. there. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to put yeah. that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of really sweet moments. I love the Francis McDormand's reading of Sonnet 18, the Shakespearean sonnet. That yeah. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? I mean, I've heard it a million times, but it's just like, wow. Like, it really kind of hits home. Uh, such a wonderful touch there. I actually yeah. did like that part. Oh, I thought yeah. she did a great job reading it. Yeah. Like one of the few parts that I enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. um, what about, so, uh, you know, I think it's very interesting that now you bring up these are like real people and they're mm-hmm. using, you know, not actors and a lot right. of improvised dialogue. It's all very, like, very interesting idea. I thought, you know, the, the cinematography is all very, very well done. Right. But um, I felt like I had a little bit more sense of almost fetishizing this lifestyle yeah, you know like know. Hey, look at this look at how <laughs> gritty this is and look at these shots of it being cold and it being out you know mm-hmm. like and just kind of revel in it which um you could almost argue is like a little like exploitative you know yeah i mean that's As a common a, complaint that the movie got yeah. was the fetishizing which i don't see but you know a lot of people have pointed that out so it's yeah. just um, yeah yeah uh, it's not my I main problem with it. I was right, mostly no, just bored. I, 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 I actually don't have a principle well, disagreement with the movie. I was just bored and didn't want to watch it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just a fair for point. argument's sake. Yeah. <laughs> you would have preferred George of the Jungle? I would have preferred George of the Jungle last night. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it or is a concern, you know, just as a, as a mom, thank goodness for Tom because... I could, so many times I'm like, oh, yeah, I could definitely see Lindsay doing this. (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, because she did live out, it made me crazy when she lived out of her van. You know, it's dangerous and she's the, you know, but but anyway, but thank goodness for Tom. He's domesticated her. Yes. In a sense. Nicely. Nicely. Go Tom. So what did you think of Frances McDormand? I mean, I always like her. Uh, I thought it was the same thing with the cinematographer. That she did an excellent job at what yeah. she set out to do. I right. just didn't want to watch it. I think that's oh, probably that's my yeah. you know thing with the movie as a whole. Is I just I would prefer to have a plot, and I know it's a little right. contrived to set no, things up. Not, well, but in a sense, yeah. like real life isn't like these build up to big decisions, and then you know you have a climax and a resolution. But it's a lot more interesting. To watch, I think I just yeah. Yeah. No, that's a fair point, and you know, uh, I liked uh, her. The th- I uh, could see so many people in her. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's something yeah. that I you know appreciated. I mean, she looks like a regular person. She doesn't yep. look like this, you know, movie star, movie right. star kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so she, you know, she just does a really good job of kind of getting in somebody else's head and and realizing, yeah, there's a lot of unhappy people out there. Yeah. That are yeah, I mean, she has so many great moments. I love when she's, they're kind of, like, they're at this RV convention and she kind of gets behind the wheel <laughs> yeah. and they're just kind of, like, play-acting like children. <laughs> yeah. And just her, like, should we go to Hawaii? No, you can't drive to Hawaii. Yeah. Oh, with this bus, we can drive to the Hawaii. Yeah, that, so it's just it's so, so sweet just yeah. to see them 
And, and it, just and also knowing that you know she's a professional actress, but she's kind of helping them ad lib the yeah. non actors. Yeah, that's true. I had you know not knowing that they were non actors during that scene, because they live in this. You know, it yeah. is very gritty. It's not pretty, and they the RV convention. It's really just a a sell RVs place. Right. So then you go in, and it's everything are these probably I don't know some of those have to be three four five six seven hundred thousand dollar RVs they were class A you know like the ones that look like buses and Mm -hmm. really palatial palatial inside so there's several hundred thousand dollars I don't know how many but watching them go in is like very you know it's it's it was an interesting, also a social commentary because right. it's like, oh, that's van life. I mean, we're campers. We have a trailer, but it's not like what they do at Nomadland. Yeah. So they walk in and it is like almost like pretend living. Like they'd never be able to afford that. But. Yeah, exactly. And it has yeah. no, remember they were like, ooh, wash your dryer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... Yeah, this. And, you know, probably also contributed to my enjoyment that I was in. The end of 2019, I had a trip to South Dakota. So I had just been to Badlands National Park, okay. which is where, you know, I walked through those. Remember where she's kind of in those craters? Oh, yeah, yeah. So mm. cool. I, I walked through there too. That was I a really so long really scene. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just kept going. I Laura was narrating that whole thing. <laughs> and she oh stole the block. <laughs> oh, it would have been so good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I remember yeah. that. But it's a really cool place. And I was just like, oh, I was just there. It was so fun. And I went to Wall Drug. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's like a right. real place. Right. A huge drugstore. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's signs so, for it oh, all yeah. the way through. And, yeah. yeah, so it was kind of... Now, I do have to say, Laura, when you were starting, at first we were like, oh, you're probably not even going to want to do this. You were so tired. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I like crackers and cream cheese and salmon. Yes. So I'll, oh. I'll go for a few minutes, and then yeah. she stayed. But you stayed for the entire movie. I did. I did stay for yeah, the entire Yeah, why did you? Because uh, of must... the crackers and salmon, <laughs> it must have. And also, me it's the uh, only place to sit in the downstairs right now. So a lot of just a confluence of reasons. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. I was having fun with my other Mean Girl compatriots. You guys um, were having fun. They had were... a fair bit of alcohol, so <laughs> all were... those reasons. There none of them lot... had to do with alcohol. watching the movie. <laughs> so. <laughs> We should say for anyone who hasn't heard our Coda podcast, the, the Mean Girl stuff is a kind of an in joke from that podcast. So go listen yes. to it if you haven't. Yes, and I yeah. almost so it, almost every week I'm watching the movie with at least one, but sometimes two. <laughs> two yeah, because because Laura's husband is deployed, so she's been living with us because she goes wheel a lot with you guys yeah because you go to work at like 3 45 in the morning uh-huh. so poor little luke can't wake up then no he wouldn't like that no he wouldn't so i mean just to sum up i mean i really love the movie but i definitely see that 
it's a very difficult movie to come <laughs> and, yeah. so and I'm somewhere I in between the two yeah. of you. I no. just I have no interest in acquiring that taste. <laughs> no, uh, I did like the gator scene. That was my favorite. Oh, that, was, that was a big gator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, that was great. Which scene? That was a, a big alligator. Oh, that yeah. ate like a. Was it a crocodile? Oh, that's right. I don't, I don't, know. Know. I don't know. I can't, I can't tell the monkey. difference on. Yeah. It's a very animal expert. Oh, it was a yeah. big dinosaur looking creature. Yeah. Yeah. Most exciting and the snake. part. Yeah. Yeah, snake was fine. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Yeah, the snake. That was the again, Lindsay. Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. With the snake in the van. So the 2020 so far hasn't been a good track record for you. Uh, no, because what, what have we had? Just no Man Land and Coda. Oh, yeah. So far, and then whatever wins. Yeah. Well, something. So, but they're both, you know, they, something they're, I, they're still better than, like, I'd watch either of those movies again before I'd watch American Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a hard decision? <laughs> <laughs> and Dances with Wolves. Oh, I would watch Dances with Wolves again way before any of those other movies. There's a plot to Dances with Wolves. I'd, wa- I'd definitely watch Coda before I'd watch Dances with Wolves. That's Whoa. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's... Well, when did we watch Coda? It was a while back, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah there we go. Like, we had already done Dances with Wolves, yeah. Ten, ten weeks ago. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, I, so I love it. We're pulled up putting... a chat. GPT had them write a limerick about Nomadland. Oh, great. So, you want me to read it Yeah, again? sure, go. <clears throat> a movie named Nomadland was grand, with a van dweller traveling the land. Her spirit so free, she explored peacefully, discovering a life truly at hand. Oh, chat GPT. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. I love chat GPT. Yeah. Uh, so, Nomadland got six nominations. Okay. Mink was the, got the most with ten. But nothing else got more than six. Okay. Uh, only one acting nomination. Probably Francis. Yes, Francis McDormand. And... Uh, so it won three. Uh, best picture, best director, and best actress. Okay. That's a that's a good sweep. It was her third. Yeah, that was. So she got one three. also for Fargo. Yeah, she won for Fargo and for Three Billboards of uh, Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I've never heard of that. It's from twenty seventeen. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I heard of it. I just yeah. haven't watched it. Yeah, it's um, she plays a woman in rural Missouri. Her uh, daughter was murdered, and they've never solved the case. So she put three billboards outside of the town. She paid to have them. Like, why isn't this case solved or something uh-huh. like that? But really annoyed the local authorities. Good for Anyways, her. yeah. So yeah, stick to the man. Three-time winner. Uh, so, so she won Best Actress. Daniel Kaluuya won Best Supporting Actor for playing Fred Hampton and Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. And the Best Supporting Actress went to Yoon Yeo-jong for Min Murray. Okay. What was your favorite movie from this year? Uh, The Sound of Menal. Okay. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Okay. Uh, Best Actor went to Anthony Hopkins. Oh. Father, yeah. Now this was a strange ceremony because this was the first time since 1948 that the night didn't end with best picture. They gave the best picture award before actor and actress. 
Okay. So then after Best Picture, they awarded Best Actress to Frances McDormand, and then they awarded Anthony Hopkins one, but he couldn't be there because he lives in London and COVID and stuff. Okay. He offered to come to appear via satellite, but they said, no, we don't do that for whatever reason. <laughs> so basically the night ended Everybody with Everybody else like, was doing everything on Zoom. Yeah, I know. It's, so like the night just ends with, and the Oscar goes to Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins can be here tonight, so. Go home. We're over. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> uh, so it was such a weird ending. Uh, but the context to that is that one of the other frontrunners for Best Actor was Chadwick Boseman oh. for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm. He had died Just recently yeah. from cancer. Um, Chadwick Boseman, most people know from Black Panther. Right. And so during like some of the precursor awards, his... When he would win, his widow would accept for him and just be a very emotional, touching moment. And so the producer thought, well, if if he wins and um, the widow gives this impassioned speech, we can't just go on and give him our award. So we have to end with that. Okay. So, but that kind of backfired because he didn't win. <laughs> it's just... The winner isn't here, so <laughs> the show's over. But, you know, the, the Academy has always said that the winners are best, are tightly kept secret, and even the producers don't know. And people always say, oh, yeah, right. Of, of course, they, they know who, who won. But uh -huh. it's, it's like Exhibit A for them. <laughs> they don't know. They really didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that was uh, 2020. So what is coming up next? Yeah. We're up down to 49. Yeah. We're almost halfway through. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what is what, here what, in the forties. Yes. What if only yeah. two movies left don't make the top half of the list. Whoa. And so my guesses are you can't take it with you. Gladiator, The Lost Weekend, Slumdog Millionaire in America in Paris. Yeah. Well, I hope it's an American in Paris because we want to watch that movie mm -hmm. this week. But my picks are Kramer versus Kramer, Marty, No Country for Old Men. Or <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he laughs every time. That must be a great movie. I don't know. Uh, Ordinary People. And then I have to pick one because Nomadland was on my list last yeah. week. So I'm going to pick Amadeus. Okay. That's a bad pick. Yeah. Allowed to pick it. He, he laughs at all my picks. I don't know. Well, they all sound more fun to watch than Nomadland, so yeah, that sounds good. Too. So, oh, oh nice. Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, that's one of my picks. Right. Okay. Another movie from the seventies. Kramer versus Kramer. Good divorce Interesting. movie. Yeah, yeah. So you've been waiting for Kramer versus Kramer for a while. Yes. What's your background with it? You know, uh, I watched it on the plane. So what year is this? Seventy nine. Okay, so probably watched it on the plane going from Italy when we lived in Italy, coming back to the United States. Okay. I'm pretty sure I watched this yeah. movie on a plane as a fourteen year old, and I think that's the only time I've seen it. All right. Well, we'll watch it again. And I had mono. So I was sick. 
on the plane ride, so okay. I don't well, have very fond memories of it. Okay, yeah. It's about a divorce, uh, I remember that. All right, well, enjoy. <laughs> so we'll be back next week with Kramer versus Kramer. Right. Bye. Bye.